Hi. 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 Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I'm so, so glad that you're here. I invite you to take a couple of deep breaths. Maybe take off your shoes. I'm out in my hammock looking up at the moon, although the sun is still setting. Even at 9.23, these late Minnesota summer nights. Although they are getting shorter already. And I'm grateful and hope that you are also for this chance to be together in this spiritual way and to spend time with Jesus. As we read from the Gospel of Matthew, the first time, just notice what word or phrase sticks out to you. Listen to another parable. There was a man, the master of a household, who planted a vineyard and ran a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and constructed a tower and leased it out to husbandmen and went abroad. And when the proper time of fruiting drew near, he sent out his slaves to the husbandmen to receive its fruits. And the husbandmen seized his slaves, and one they flogged, and another they killed, and another they stoned. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first lot, and they treated them in the same way. Thereafter he sent his son to them, saying, My son they will treat with shamed deference. But the husbandmen, seeing the son, said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us take possession of his inheritance. And seizing him, they cast him outside the vineyard and killed him. When the Lord of the vineyard comes, what therefore will he do to those husbandmen? They say to him, He will put those wicked men to a wicked death, and he will lease out the vineyard to other husbandmen, who will render to him the fruits at their proper times. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures a stone that the builders rejected? This became the corner's capstone. From the Lord this came to pass, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and will be given to a nation bearing its fruits. And whoever falls upon this stone will be shattered, but whomever it falls upon, it will crush him. And hearing his parables, the chief priests and Pharisees knew that he is speaking about them. And seeking how to seize him by force, they were afraid of the crowds, for they held him to be a prophet. What word or phrase sticks out to you? For me it was, hearing his parables, the chief priests and Pharisees knew that he is speaking about them and seeking how to seize him by force. (laughs) And also, thereafter he sent his son to them saying, my son they will treat with shamed deference. The second time, as we read, where do you see God in this passage? What surprises you or what 
lines up with what you think or what you view as spirituality? What do you hold as holy? What makes you stop and wonder and reflect? What do you want to dig into in this passage? Listen to another parable. There was a man, the master of a household, who planted a vineyard and ran a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and constructed a tower and leased it out to husbandmen and went abroad. And when the proper time of fruiting drew near, he sent out his slaves and the husbandmen to receive its fruit. And the husbandmen seized his slaves, and one they flogged, and another they killed, and another they stoned. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first lot, and they treated them again in the same way. Thereafter he sent his son to them, saying, My son they will treat with shamed deference. But the husbandmen, seeing the son among them, said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us take possession of his inheritance. And seizing him, they cast him outside the vineyard, and killed him. When the lord of the vineyard comes, what therefore will he do to these husbandmen? They say to him, He will put those wicked men to a wicked death and he will lease out the vineyard to other husbandmen who will render to him the fruits at their proper times. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures a stone that the builders rejected? This became the corner's capstone. From the Lord this came to pass, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and will be given to a nation bearing its fruits. And whoever falls upon this stone will be shattered, but whomever it falls upon it will crush him. And hearing his parables, the chief priests and Pharisees knew that he is speaking about them. And, seeking how to seize him by force, they were afraid of the crowds, for they held him to be a prophet. Where do you see God in this passage? It maybe isn't where I see God exactly, but what I wonder about is who is bearing the fruits of the Lord of the vineyard right now? I suppose your answer or my answer may well depend on what we believe about theology, about what God is like, about what God's nature is, about what God's purpose for humanity is. I've been thinking a lot about kind of what role scripture has. I said to a group of friends that I'm in a group chat with that in some ways my belief has never been poorer But as I've been doing this podcast, my engagement with scripture has never been more consistent, richer. Not at any point in my life, not when I was in professional ministry, not when I was in college as part of a worship ministry, not when I was in high school, did I read the Bible on my own with anything like this consistency going on close to four and a half, five months of Lectio Divina every night. And I'm also in the midst of doing work with adult children of alcoholics to discover 
my own higher power, which is for those few of you who have been on this journey with me over the last few months, you know, is something I repeat frequently that I just don't know what to think exactly about higher power and true self and inner child and And I've imagined myself back in a ministry context doing this exercise and having youth and children participate in it as a way to build community and build engagement with scripture. And I think that when I was in high school, being taught clearly this is the right worldview, starting with Ecclesiastes and moving through Plato and Aristotle all the way up through modern philosophers and a course called Great Ideas that my high school put on. This is the way you should think about the world. This is what is right. I remember thinking in that time that part of the danger was of people taking too strongly their own experience was that they would universalize their own experience, that they would theologize their own experience. That's why experience doesn't work and why we need reason to govern it all. Well, in a postmodern context or whatever context this is, there's all of this moving away from reason because what often gets coded as reason or logic or common sense is usually just the dominant paradigm. Not too hard to find, for me at least, that what most people think of as reason and logic is actually hand-in-hand with forms of white supremacy, white domination. Things that might be taken for granted in that cultural context and that familial context and that religious context are totally alien and foreign to other cultures, other groups of people, to the distressed, to the oppressed, to the downtrodden. And the shift has been away from reason and more towards experience. This happened to me and you can't take it away from me. I sat in on a master class with Professor Andrew Root, who's here in the Twin Cities and is kind of one of the two major thinkers, teachers of academic youth ministry. And he said that it is almost impossible to get the youth of today to feel remorse or regret. Yeah, man, that was terrible. It was awful. It sucked, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because going through that, it made me who I am. in work with my supervisor in my ministry position that I had, I started to realize that actually what we do want everyone to do is to theologize their own experience. The question, where do I see God in this, is something we should all ask every day. And our answers will be wildly and radically different. And that is beautiful because God is beautiful. If God is only a redeemer, well, if you are focused on purity and living 
a perfect life, not sinning, not stepping out of the box, then how can God redeem you? But if God is a creator or a liberator or... any number, a sanctifier, any number of other things, well then that will show up in lots of ways. A relentless focus on Jesus' saving work on the cross leaves a lot of the work that God does or God calls human beings to do out. What vineyard are you tending? What vineyard is the church tending? What vineyard was it meant to tend? And is it bearing fruit? I just wonder about a lot of this. And I don't know exactly, but I know that my work right now is to focus on myself. One of my affirmations from adult children of alcoholics from step one is, my life is unmanageable when I focus on others rather than myself. So while it's nice to talk about all this for a minute, about dominant paradigms and supremacy and experience and reason ultimately it's to me to find where is God in my own life what does that look like the good, the bad, the celebration the painful, the joy the redemption the regret the failure the comfort the grace And this podcast, this practice is part of how I do that. And so again, I'm grateful for you who kind of are my reason to do it because it's good for me and I hope that it gives something to you as well. And that's good. This third time as we read... What can you imagine yourself doing or being because you have read and reflected on these words? What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? Listen to another parable. There was a man, the master of a household, who planted a vineyard and ran a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and constructed a tower and leased it out to husbandmen and went abroad. And when the proper time of fruiting drew near, he sent out his slaves to the husbandmen to receive its fruits. And the husbandmen seized his slaves, and one they flogged, and another they killed, and another they stoned. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first lot, and they treated them in the same way. Thereafter he sent his son to them, saying, My son they will treat with shamed deference. But the husbandmen, seeing the son, said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us take possession of his inheritance. And seizing him, they cast him outside of the vineyard and killed him. When the Lord of the vineyard comes, what therefore will he do to those husbandmen? They say to him, He will put those wicked men to a wicked death, and he will lease out the vineyard to other husbandmen, who will render to him the fruits at their proper times. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures a stone that the builders rejected? This became the corner's capstone. From the Lord this came to pass, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and will be given to a nation bearing its fruits. 
and whoever falls upon this stone will be shattered, but whomever it falls upon, it will crush him. And hearing his parables, the chief priests and Pharisees knew that he is speaking about them. And seeking how to seize him by force, they were afraid of the crowds, for they held him to be a prophet. Ooh, an ant bit my leg just then and it hurt. What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? For me, I guess it's a call to more reflection. Reflection like this, but maybe also in other ways at other times at other places because there's the story that Jesus tells and there's the story being told about Jesus and they both have the same kind of anti-reflective blindness. A character who just misses it. The vineyard owner who says, well, now that they've killed many, many, many of my slaves, surely if I send someone else, they won't continue to kill people. So I'll send my son. What could possibly go wrong? Well, his son in the story is killed. And he just doesn't get it. He doesn't see it. But then there's also the chief priests and Pharisees. The tenants, the husbandmen, if you will, who Jesus tells the story to say, husbandmen, if you don't get your act together, then the Lord of the vineyard is going to come and take everything from you. And by your own words, you say, he will put those wicked men to a wicked end. And the Pharisees, instead of stopping and reflecting and saying, oh, he means us, they get that far. But he means us. Therefore, we shouldn't kill the son. We shouldn't kill the slave. We shouldn't kill the servant. We should give the fruit where it is due. And they instead plot how to get at Jesus, how to seize him by force, even though there's a crowd supporting him. They just miss it. And I wonder, what do I miss? on the cusp of some major changes in my family life. What am I missing? Am I missing anything? I don't know. What will I miss? I can't know. It's just hard. not being able to live as things are or as they were, but not really seeing what they can or should be. How do I reflect on this? Who do I invite into that space with me? I'm grateful to have today reestablished contact and connection with my spiritual director, who's finally seeing people face to face. We tried Zoom once. It just wasn't going to work for me. And that's okay. But I'm looking forward to delving into these questions about higher power and reflection and where God is in my life with her on a regular basis moving forward. And that's good too.
the prayer for the Sunday closest to June 29th. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours, for you are the light of the world, always.